Welcome to Changing the Rules, a weekly podcast about people who are living their best lives and advice on how you can achieve that too. Join us with your lively host, Ray Lowe, better known as the luckiest guy in the world. It's gonna have to be a different man. Hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Ray Lowe, and I'm your host for this version of Changing the Rules. And I want to remind everybody that Changing the Rules is about the luckiest people in the world. And the luckiest people in the world, uh, you know, maybe there's no luck involved with it. Uh, The luckiest people in the world have all the same issues and problems that all the rest of us do. But they're those people that for some reason never get down very long. They always pick themselves up, they always turn things around and they keep moving forward in whatever way they can. And because of that, they're happier in life and they're the kind of people that you want to hang around with and you want to be with. Well, I met one of them the other day in our dining room here where we live. And I, I want to bring up this uh, incident because I think it's something that people should go out of their way to do. So we're waiting in line, and uh, Linda, who is our guest, was waiting for a seat at our community table. Uh, and I and my wife were looking for a seat for two, and there were no tables for two, and there were no tables at the community seats at the community table. So Linda, Sandy, and I got a table for four, and we sat down not knowing each other, not having any idea whether we liked each other, whether dinner was going to be a disaster or whether it was going to be fun, okay? So to make a long story short, dinner was better than fun. Okay, and uh, I I think both Linda and I realized that uh, it's important to stimulate conversation with people you don't know when you can. And it's that power of conversation that leads us to good things. So, Linda, welcome to Changing the Rules. And um, tell me a little bit about you. You're a native of Lancaster. Is that right? Long ago, that's where you started out in life. Yes, that's right, Ray. I grew up in Lancaster until I graduated from high school, and then I left Lancaster to go and see the world. Okay, and and you went to a great little college called Clarion College, and then you went and got a master's degree, and you went off to the University of Illinois. And what did you study, and what did you do when you were in the working world? Because I think that has a bearing on who you are and where we're going. Well, my undergraduate degree is in math. That's what I did at the Clarion. And my graduate degree is in the, um, at the University of Illinois is in library science. Actually, at the time, it was called library and information science. And, and you never really, I don't know, did you ever work as a librarian or did you just get into this cloud stuff kind of quickly and automatically? Actually, I worked in an engineering library as a special librarian. Okay, they're in the math, all right? Right. So are, do you consider yourself a geek or a real person? <laughs> uh, 
I, I like to think of myself as a geek. <laughs> okay, I knew you were going to answer that that way. And the luckiest people in the world can get away with that, see? Okay. So so um, we're, we're not going to spend a lot of time about your background, although why don't you take a minute, was there anything significant about uh, the library science, about the work that you did in math that affected your life and is still affecting your life at all? Well, librarians are very sophisticated users of computers. This was before the internet. Believe it or not, there was life before the internet. And uh, librarians use computers to do their jobs and to do research. And I kept, because of my technical background, I kept being uh, involved in the computer aspect of, of searches. Uh, for example, librarians were doing Google before Google was doing Google. So because of that, my career took a turn to building networks, and my career followed the crest of the Internet. So I spent most of my career outside of the library. I spent most of my career building clouds. Building clouds. Yeah. Okay. Did, were they drippy clouds? Did they rain on you, too, in they the process? They did not rain on Okay. All right. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to do a switch here, okay? And we're not going to dwell on this, but you had an unfortunate accident. That's it's, correct. It's one of the things, luckiest people in the world, believe it or not, have unfortunate accidents, okay? But it's how you handled what happened in that accident that is what I want our listeners to get uh, from this podcast. And uh, let's start with... Uh, something that doesn't seem relevant, but it is. Uh, you were told long, long ago by a teacher that you were never going to be an artist and you ought to give up on it now because it isn't going to happen. Is that right? That's correct. That, was in the, that particular incident was in the eighth grade. In was, the eighth grade. I was told I'd never be an artist. Do you remember the teacher? Don't mention her name, but do you remember your teacher? I, I remember him well. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting because I have a few of those, too. And and I have a love-hate relationship with those people in my past. But I got around them, as you did, too. So, so here you are. You had this accident, and it inhibited your ability to, to be mobile to some extent. And it also created pain for you. And one of the things that you did to combat pain was what? Well, I, I took a turn. Instead of being involved in things that involved me to lift and tote and carry, I started getting into artwork. So I, I, I took a completely different tack because that, I, could, I could sit down to do that. And that was that thing that somebody told you never, ever to do because you were never going to make it, right? That's correct. I didn't actually make that conscious decision. It was sort of the only thing I could do sitting down. <laughs> okay. Now, the, the artwork that you do is a specific kind. Now, why don't you tell us what it is? Uh, you know, we can't, unfortunately, we can't show the artwork that you did, although I think when we release this, I'm going to, uh, next to your picture or underneath your picture, we're going to put a, a sample piece of this art because it is absolutely amazing for a person who could never do art. Well, it is, um, it's a pen and ink drawing technique called Zentangle, and it uses simple elemental uh, strokes, five elemental strokes to, to build pictures. And uh, 
a lot of people have the mis mistaken impression because they see Zentangle and they think it's, for example, they think it's doodling mindless, mindlessly, where actually it's, they are only looking at the first step that people do when they first start doing Zentangle. So um, I just built on that and, and, um, and continue to, to do that. And, and uh, actually I'm going to be starting to teach, uh, teach a class in, uh, at the Glen soon. Okay, so uh, let me just kind of summarize this quickly. Here's a person who's never supposed to be an artist, who takes up art because it's good for her under her circumstances. It's therapy. It does something. She produces magnificent art when you actually get a chance to see this. And now you're going to teach it? I've been teaching it uh, since my accident. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you now, only the luckiest people in the world do stuff like that. Now, there's another element here of Linda that I want to get out. And uh, Linda, because of her accident, was constrained to a walker. It could have been a wheelchair, but it's not, right? Or it was a wheelchair? It was a wheelchair. Okay, and you're out of that wheelchair. Now. That is correct. And, and, and what do you do? Well, let me say it. You're a marathoner. Now, you can describe that, okay, for our listeners. Okay. I was, I was in a wheelchair for a while and in a rehab hospital for a long time. And um, I had certain objectives to be released from the rehab hospital, and one of them was to walk a certain distance. So in one of my physical therapy ex exercises, the physical therapist took me to a long hallway in a wheelchair. And, my, and I had to um, walk to the end of the hallway, but I was not capable of doing that initially. So he said, walk as far as you can, and I will follow you in the wheelchair. When you can't go any further, I just sit down in the, in the chair. So I had a walker, and I walked about 30 feet the first time I got out of the chair. And I sat down in the chair and he said, how, did the, how do you feel? And I said, I feel like I just ran a marathon. The next day, I had the same assignment to walk as far as I could and then I could sit in the chair. I went slightly farther the second time. He said, how did that make you feel? I said, I'm, te I'm telling you, I'm going, I'm going to do a marathon. So from those two days of walking just short distances, I started counting every step I took. And they my, add up, right? And they add up. It took the first time I did a marathon, it took me uh, three and a half months just by counting every step that I took. And now you do one every month? My objective is to do one a month and sometimes I do 5K a day. And I'm still using a walker. But you're not using a wheelchair. I'm not using a wheelchair, thank, thank the Lord. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay, now there was one other thing that came out of this conversation. I, I, I guess you could say this conversation was by luck or by fate or by something. Uh, but it turned out to be an amazing conversation and extremely motivational to me. Because the next thing Linda told me is that she doesn't listen to my podcasts. At that point in time, I almost got up and walked away from the table, but uh, I per persevered. So, so explain that, would you please? Well, podcasts require 
someone to listen to to use their listening capabilities to use their hearing capabilities i do not hear well i am literally deaf in one ear and can't hear very well out of the other one so it i have never depended on my hearing to learn new things when i was teaching i learned that there are various uh, learning styles i i am a visual learner I, I learn a lot by reading and writing, and there are hands-on learning styles, touching things, uh, putting things together. So unfortunately, audio was not one of my learning styles because I never depended on audio capabilities. My audio capabilities were not very good. This is the thing that came out of this interlude. Uh, we left that dinner that night, and a couple days later, I ran into Linda in the hallway, and she said, I found a way to listen to your podcasts. Now, we can't show you what it is because this is audio, but why don't you describe real quickly and fairly simply what it is that you did, and then I want to make a clarifying point after we're done. Well, I, I recently took a class from um, Susan Cuthbertson, who was part of the Macintosh or Apple user group. And with the l current version of the operating system that was just upgraded, there was a feature called Live Listen. So I set that up on my phone and my iPad, my iPhone and my iPad. And I can use those devices to listen, just as a phone would listen to a conversation, and it turns it into text. Now, I'm thinking that there's probably a similar capability for other phones and other computers. I just haven't found them yet, and I would be happy to work with someone using different kinds of equipment to figure it out. So you, you really are a geek, aren't you? I am geek. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I, I found that absolutely fascinating, and I found it fascinating that you were motivated enough from the conversation to actually try and listen to a couple of these things that we do all the time. And I really appreciate the process that you went through because we're going to use that process to help other people that are like you. You know, sometimes when we do things, we get matter of fact about them and we don't realize that not everybody can participate in these things easily. So you woke us up in one way and you came up with a solution and thank you for that. You're welcome. So we're about at the end of our time and uh, is there anything you want to say to kind of sum up where we are, where you're going, what's happening, whatever you want to talk about? Never give up. Never give up. I, I have a pair of shoes. I'm wearing them right now. They're my Wonder Woman shoes. And Willow Valley is full of lots of superheroes, Wonder Woman and Superman. And you just have to find that capability and bring it out because it's inside of every one of us. Thank you. Okay, well, Linda, thank you. You certainly are one of the luckiest people in the world. You've been unfortunate in order to get lucky, but you're one of the luckiest people in the world. And uh, uh, Ellen, who's our engineer today, can you sign us off, please? Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules. Join us next week for more conversation, our special guest, and to hear more from the luckiest guy in the world. It's gonna have to be a different man